0: And welcome to bra Meets World.
1: Well, it's bra Meets World.
0: Your boy meets world fan cast. I'm Siege.
1: And I'm your boy Tony Curtis. Tony T. What's up? Um, we just started season two. I yes. can't tell you how excited I am for that. Dude, Yo, it's this actually
0: is, completely different.
1: <laughs> it's completely different for one. i have already completely over the first season and ready to move on. Um,. I loved immediately, just, just, just saying this, I don't want to get too much into the episode, but how little we saw of their family dynamic and how little I cared. Yes. Like, I was just completely on board for everything that was happening in
0: this episode, and I wanted more of it. I completely agree. It's actually really funny because I got so much joy from watching these this episode. Like, seriously. Like, the excitement that I had. <laughs> yeah and it just it, to me these are the episodes
1: i'm i remember watching more of too so they're Correct. more entwined with my memories and my childhood um and i just feel like this is the more exciting period because this is their coming of age time and this exactly. is way more relatable i think from our perspective just that awkwardness of puberty and starting high school and like what all that means and you're finding your place Ugh, i love all everything that happened. The there's summer. that and
0: then also can i just say we get into like this season we get into some adult things that i was not prepared for i yeah yeah
1: there there's some stuff that they're jumping into that i was just like really for seventh graders okay 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 we're doing this (laughs) yeah um but yeah yeah, so I, I just, I'm super excited about the season. I loved, loved, loved that I did not hear that bullshit first season theme song, <laughs> and I will never hear it. I'm so glad I was correct about that. Um, That's really yeah, good. It's, just, it's a more mature setting, it's a more mature tone, and um, I'm here for it.
0: Yeah, alright, so, um, speaking of changes, much like how this season uh was different for the show uh tc and i are going to be including some changes to the podcast uh for our second season Uh, we're evolving guys we're evolving with the show exactly oh so we're doing a little restructuring things the show layout will be a little bit different we'll include some new segments and uh this season we'll even have a few guests that we're inviting so uh look forward to that i'm so excited about the guests i'm so excited to get different perspectives
1: uh towards this show, which I think is only going to prove to be more and more relevant as we go on with this season of the series. Um, super stoked for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic things. Okay, so uh, our first change is going to be our Tell Me About It. Now, in this season of the Tell Me About It, I'm going to give a brief full summary of the episode, and uh, TC and I are just going to give our first responses and kind of take it from there. So, the Tell Me About It... Tell- Tell me about it. There you go. Uh, All right. It's Corey's first day of high school, and Corey informs his parents that he is not afraid because he has a plan. After consulting with older brother Eric, Corey feels secure in his understanding of his place in high school and intends to befriend befriend the toughest guy in school, Harley Kiner. In exchange for Strong this opinions
1: I- about this right off the bat, but right? right?
0: To- uh, in exchange for this information, Corey also agrees to keep his distance from Eric at the new school, allowing Eric to keep his cool junior persona. Once at school, Corey and his best friend Sean are met with a bunch of changes they weren't expecting, including older girls, a more developed topanga, a <laughs> young new teacher named Mr. Turner, and having different classes class schedules for the first time. Cory attempts to befriend Harley, gets off to a rocky start, when Cory accidentally gets them both sent to the principal's office. It is there that Cory discovers another surprise. His elementary school teacher, Mr. Feeney, is now acting principal at this new school and his new history teacher. After being sent to the principal's office, Harley vows to beat up Corey after school, where Corey is at first fearful, but convinced to stand his ground in doing so eric and mr turner come to his rescue and cory lives to fight another day so what are your thoughts first yo there's so much about this um (laughs) to me i think that
1: i love that we're well they're in high school we discussed this a little bit last season but apparently at this school seventh grade is high school which i think proves to be problematic especially in the next episode, but yes. we'll, we'll I'll hold on to that <laughs> off. Um, but yeah, having seventh graders mixed in with high school, it, to me. There's nothing but problems that can come from that. The fact that Corey knows that like he needs to have a strategy to survive, I think is proof yes. that he probably doesn't belong in a high school. Yeah. But that's just my thoughts of
0: that. Also, my first impressions, especially when we get to the high school, is what year is this high school in? Are we in the seventies or like like sixties? Yeah. Like, where are you? To it doesn't me, make sense. This high school exists in the
1: memory of michael jacobs like this is what he remembers high school to be when he was in school and this was that weird change between like the 60s and the 80s where like technology hadn't evolved so much that you couldn't like basically have the same story structure like we couldn't do that now because of cell phones yeah but there was there was nothing that prevented Michael Jacobs, from basically recreating his childhood in the 90s. So I feel like that's what we were seeing.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes way more sense, because I kept looking at this, it's like, why is Harley a greaser? Uh, Why is... Harley, Harley, you
1: know why Harley's a greaser. We talked about this, because the creator was obsessed with Happy Days, and that's basically Fonzie. Yeah, no, it
0: is. It's a really poor man's Fonzie, but still.
1: It's, um, but yeah, that whole thing was weird. He's, like, 30 years old, seeing Harley (laughs) next to Mr. Turner, I was like, oh, they're the same age.
0: Oh, yeah, Uh, and and we're kind of getting into this, so another segment that we're gonna have, um, whenever we get new characters, is a segment called Roll Call, where we go through each of these new characters that we're brought into, and uh, I'm really excited about this. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and list the characters, because
1: I do want to refer to them quite a
0: bit. Um, yeah, so um, in this new episode, uh, in this season, we are going to get uh, the teacher, our English teacher, Mr. Jonathan Turner. Um, Harley Kiner, which is the school's bully, so to speak. One um,
1: of the school's bullies. One
0: of the school's bullies. and The, the most uh, feared his two henchmen, Joey the rat, which he's not meant his name is not given this entire episode. I kept waiting for them to say it. Uh, but they never bring up Joey's name, but we just know it'll be Joey and then Frankie, who Frankie the enforcer. I do love Frankie. There are some things that are wrong, but at the exact same time I'm really excited to get into this. I'm so excited for Frankie. Um so yeah, so talking about this episode, um
1: one of the things I loved is right from the beginning of the episode Corey is talking about his strategy for school. And what we gathered from this is that this whole season, the premise of it is where do I fit in, which I just thought was a really relatable topic for that first year you get to high school. You're looking for your place. You know, where do I belong? The fact that Corey had to like, Oh, I, you know, I talked to Eric and I got notes on how to fit in, what teachers to avoid and who to befriend. Like he is just looking for his place. And I feel that throughout the season every episode will kind of center around this idea of where do I fit in in this new environment?
0: I get that. I think what I like about it is that um, Corey kind of went into this with humble expectations which means that he has like the best thing be- he's starting off on the best foot because like he was like I know where my place is I am scum I'm at the bottom and I'm not even going to try yeah. to like you know there's so many people who try to go into high school being the cool person or like they- you know they're trying to make sure that they hit all the right moves and Corey just understands that he's not going to do that <laughs>
1: well what Corey decides to do is what I call the prison technique <laughs> of course yes is I'm going to befriend the most badass kid in this place
0: here's my point today i make friends with the most feared and influential senior in high school harley kiner and in one master stroke i go from lowly first year victim to harley's most trusted advisor
1: which to me i just came off of seeing deadpool 2 i couldn't get over just how like (laughs) tropey this uh concept is but i thought it was really funny that Corey just like hey i'm gonna be this guy's bitch i don't because it's I, I'd rather do that than have to get beat up for the next six years, I guess, whatever
0: they're in school for. Hey, don't knock it until you try it. That is completely my prison approach. If I ever go, <laughs> <laughs> sign me up. I have already made that very clear.
1: Oh, I know what my prison technique would be. <laughs> I would just be the guy who just doesn't like.
0: Yeah, see, everyone says that. But, you know, it's prison. It's been a while. My whole thing is to go in with it. As you say, at least this way, I get to choose <laughs> I would much
1: no. I'd much rather have the rash,
0: like a like a prison, the bachelor type situation is what I'm going for. Oh, you're gonna do a bachelor in prison?
1: <laughs> you're just like today. I give my fruit cup. To exactly. Grown. Thank you.
0: <laughs> this is absolutely terrible. We do not mean to minimize prison life. Anyway. Oh my god. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's talk about. It. All right, so we kind of introduced these characters, but I just want to say. We're going to take a moment. Mr. Jonathan Turner. Can I tell you?
1: Oh, okay. This man
0: entered my television screen. (laughs) Now, here's a
1: great thing, because I felt that Jonathan Turner was specifically brought in to bridge the age group between, like, the parents and the kids. Here's, like, this hunky, like, young stud to, like, the 20,
0: 30-something crowd. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Because I kept I that's what I kept looking at. I kept looking at Mr. Turner being like, Who were you brought on for? Because there are a lot of emotions going on right now and <laughs> He's he's a he's a hunky dude, yes? He is very hunky. He is like this is nineties, he's in dated clothes and the at the exact same time. I cannot take my eyes off of him. Yes, cause
1: even with the white man's jerry curl he has on. Yes, is it still works looking like he's a character from like Melrose place. Like he looks like he belongs on a different show in the nineties, but definitely exclusively from the nineties. Yeah.
0: Again, everything about him, uh his like I his complete outfit is dated. And even like the single earring, he kinda has like the howie early 90s howie mandel hair you know what i mean it's just yeah
1: (laughs) and he just he strolls into school sunglasses stayed on the entire time he was indoors (laughs) that's how i knew he was a badass (laughs) and i was just like how are like like Corey confused this guy for a student so why are other people confusing him for a student because he's
0: clearly not dressed like a teacher yeah, but also Corey we've like established that Corey's not the brightest um here. So yeah. Yeah. I uh,
1: well I just thought that uh and he immediately makes a great impression. One of the things I said uh, that I thought was cool was Sean says something uh, right before Mr. Turner comes in where he's like, oh, there's not a teacher that I can't bring down. And then that's when Mr. Turner enters, which, which is... I think is great because Mr. Turner and Sean's relationship becomes so complex and so um, like he becomes his guardian at a certain point. So it was just really interesting that that's how we're brought in is by Sean going, oh, who I can take down whoever... Yeah, back. it's a little and bit it, of
0: foreshadowing yeah. in this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, one of the things that we kind of hit on with the way that they're bringing in these characters like Harley and Mr. Turner is we are maturing. We are getting older and the the entire show has this feel. It is a more mature version of the show that we had seen uh, and I just like the, the boys, the actors themselves are older. They make very awkward but point mention of Topanga developing over the summer. Yes. Uh,
1: (laughs) It was really funny because, okay, so one of the bits is that Sean is wearing on uh, glued-on sideburns. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so Topanga's like there and she's like, hi, guys. And she kind of walks away and they're staring right at her ass and she's like...
0: What are you staring at? Um, nothing. New blouse?
1: Yeah, I got it over the summer. Summer was very good
0: to you. Yeah, well, at least what I grew is real. Okay. Exactly, exactly.
1: Which I just thought was just such a great bit, and also a reflection that the show is noticing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Things, throwing them things. they're getting older, um, and. I think that they're just giving us all types of hints that we will be dealing with more mature content, you know? Um, totally. and this is no longer your kid show that you saw last week. Cherry bombs is not the biggest problem we have So right now.
1: Can I ask you a question? Yeah. At any point in this episode, did you go, wow, I wish Minkus was here?
0: No, I didn't.
1: Yeah, not at all, right? Yeah, I, like, did, I, I didn't think of Minkus a once. a huge player in the first season. He was our favorite character from the first season and
0: he is gone and we didn't even blink exactly and i think that i uh i believe that that's why he was written off he just didn't have a place here like they even have the two nerd characters that which is so funny by the way
1: it's such a funny bit throughout the show that like every time uh, right before Corey and Sean enter a room <laughs> There are two nerds They're basically the nerdier version of them And they they open up a door, hit them down And then say exactly what they say um, <laughs> But what I thought was interesting Is that the entire episode is about Corey Not wanting to get bullied by Harley Kiner When him and Sean are kind of bullying
0: these other nerds
1: That's the, what I was going to say episode, Yeah, yeah.
0: They're, they're unknowingly making these two gentlemen's experience in first day worse Um, and they and they kind of show that these kids have the exact same journey speaking of other kids i did have a problem when they walked into school and you see these kids and there's a boy just in his underwear there's a kid yeah completely (laughs) in his boxers and socks
1: that's all he has on
0: and he's like they took my clothes and i'm like all right so again." Instant rape vibes. I don't know what was going on in other people's high schools, but this is not okay. Like, they just took all this boy's clothes and have him walking around, and I get that it's used for comedic bit, but at the exact same time, when we always compare things, like, that are acceptable then and not acceptable now. Yeah, just taking a dude's a 7th grader's clothes and have him walk around in just underwear, nothing good's coming from that.
1: This is a note that I took consistently was how like this approach to bullying, because clearly bullying is a massive problem at this school. <laughs> Kids are having to like prep for the bullying at the school before they attend. And it's just such a 90s approach to make bullying like this humorous rite of passage instead of just like accepted abuse.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Because uh- there's even a point where like... um so, uh, I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but Frankie, uh, I mean, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Hi- Harley Kiner, yeah. burst into the cafeteria and is like, All right! Who took the last piece of chicken? I'm going to kill the guy who took the last piece there are students there there are teachers in this cafeteria no one says anything to this guy who was threatening death and that's the other thing i noticed it's not just i'm gonna beat you up it's i'm gonna kill you exactly is the verbiage they use exactly you can never get away with that shit now
0: exactly um and again these are things that i think it should be noted because first of all i do want to make it very clear this episode is hilarious. Like, it's so funny. There's so many funny so bits throughout the times. whole thing. But I think, especially <laughs> the chicken part, when he does come in and he's like, who ate the last piece of chicken? And Ben Savage just kind of drops it. Drops the chicken. <laughs> the chicken leg, like, into the fountain. <laughs> the comedic timing There's... and the bits are just great. But I do think it's important to note that, yeah, there are just messages that they're subtly giving yeah. that that don't don't deliver the message they're trying to say speaking of
1: messages when we meet frankie the enforcer for the first time <laughs> so Corey and sean are walking in school and then uh, they're like oh you know bullies frankie comes up starts bullying them and uh, he's like why are you in my way and then Corey says something like oh if i were in my class i wouldn't be in your way To which Frankie Frankie
0: responds, looks confused. I think he's saying that if he was someplace else, he wouldn't be here. What? You saying I'm gay?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I didn't say that. Come on, let's finish him off.
0: No, I I need to be alone with my (laughs) thoughts. And it was like, whoa, that came
1: out of nowhere Whoa, no one said you were gay.
0: What? Where is (laughs) that coming from? That was one of those things where, like, now we would totally, like, if this was made today, we would totally uh, bring that moment and, like, develop that character a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like a, he would have a whole story art about, like, being comfortable with his sexuality and all this other stuff.
1: So this is what I wanted to ask you, because are they trying to say that Frankie is gay, or was that just a moment of, like, un unprovoked gay panic?
0: I think, <laughs> so it's hard because because this is the 90s and uh, homophobia is part of the comedic bits and tropes. It's hard to say whether or not they were trying to make a statement about the character or if they were just using it. Or as you were saying, if uh, Michael Jacobs was just like, I knew a buddy, bully who was like this who turned out to be gay. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know exactly where they were going with it, but I will because... say- as a gay man, I laughed hard. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed hard but what the things you do of know life. is that he
1: does end up <laughs> liking women. So he does yeah. he does, he, like, he he does end up liking a girl. So that's why I just wanted to ask to see if your initial response for that was more of a gay panic or if it was you think he's Revealing his character arc.
0: I Again, we also find out a lot of... I mean, we're kind of giving spoilers. But with Frankie, Frankie is shown to be a very sensitive character and a very sensitive man. And this is just like one of these journeys that we're going to go on later in the series... But I think for this particular episode, they didn't even really think that through. I think we are introducing all of these kind of tropey characters. Frankie is like this big, large, intimidating bully. So I guess a little bit of the gay panic part. And, you know, everyone's, again, this is high school. Everyone's questioning themselves. There are lots uh, that are uh, these boys are sensitive about. And I think it was just more used as a comedic bit than it really was in the... Uh, Saying into his character.
1: But now that you're talking about this, and the more I'm thinking about what we know about Frankie Stacchino, Frankie the Enforcer, <laughs> what we know about him is that his father is a famous wrestler. We don't know this yet, but it will be known to us before the end of the season. His father's a famous wrestler. He is a, a sensitive kid who likes to write poetry. I'm sure he probably Got assumed to be gay throughout his entire life, and maybe this is just him being like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Is are, is this coming from you right now, bruh? Are you th- accusing me of being gay right now? <laughs> whoa, Frankie! No one's talking about that. Your dad's not here. Maybe <laughs> yeah, put those
0: feelings behind you. That's what I'm saying. When I when I saw that, it made me laugh because that that in, that little quote was definitely like a hint of a backstory where you're like, "Whoa, dude! Like, what is home like? Like, like, you know, it's just like a no one said anything about sexuality. Where are we going with this? And I do I do see that storyline. Again, if this was made now, we would get an episode specifically dedicated sure. to that misconception and the ability to be sensitive and poetic and creative, but not be gay. Or um be curious or fluidity or, you know, whatever. It's just like, nowadays, if this was made modern, that would definitely be a moment. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, and uh, so we have this sensitive character in Frankie. What did you think of Eric in this episode?
0: I was gonna ask you the exact same thing. Um I actually, so here's the thing. I like Eric this season. We use Eric a lot more this season. He... Well, he's part of the school dynamic now, which he wasn't before. Yeah, he's part of the school dynamic. He's in his zone uh, this season. They really know how to play him up, play Will up. And so that alone, for me, uh, makes me like Eric more. In this particular episode, it's a little weird because, you know, he's distancing himself from his brother and he... Well, he made Corey sign a contract (laughs) that morning (laughs) That he wouldn't talk to him at
1: all throughout any period throughout school because he doesn't have a brother. As far <laughs> exactly. As he's
0: yeah. And so, see, those things to me, that very much feeds back into who Eric is. But it also, it was a little weird because Eric's like a cool junior for some reason. Even though we know that he wasn't, but he does have a car now, so yeah, he has
1: a car and he's older, so he's in a different grade, so I'm sure that makes him a little bit more desirable, especially to uh, Margaret Moreau, who is the uh, actress that he was flirting with, who you might know from Parenthood, White, uh, Wet Hot American Summer, or as I know her best, Connie from the Mighty Duck movie. <laughs>
0: I did. I thought she looked familiar. I didn't look that up, but I'm glad you did. So I do want to talk about, we talked about, um, of course, my desires to, you know, stay after school with Mr. Turner. But let's talk about time in his class. Let's talk about uh, the way oh. that Mr. Turner teaches. I Okay, so I, I
1: really thought this was a great uh, development because basically what we're seeing is that You know, they're preparing, they were preparing for Feeney. They were like, it's maybe Mr. Turner's Feeney, but worse. And basically what they got was the opposite of Feeney. They got this young guy, they got this really charismatic, funny guy. He appreciates their culture a little bit more. He's not just scoffing at comic books. He's like, oh, wow, this is actually a really great issue. Yes, it does.
0: An epic journey about a guy just trying to
1: get home alive in fantasy worlds with characters who have these ancient notions about loyalty
0: and heroism. Yeah, who wants to read that? apparently you do what is that x-men
1: no it's (laughs) what i don't know x-men when i see it it's a great issue wasn't it um but by doing that there's a teacher now that they can relate to outside of feeney feeney seems like yeah it's a more mature wise sage opinion but like when Corey just has a simple question, he go he's going to go to Jonathan for that. And I think having a little bit of both in his life is really going to create a great balance um, to him. And also to Feeney, to have a character that he can play off of now. Because you have this guy who's going about everything the opposite way that uh, Feeney would go about it.
0: Yeah, no, uh, I agree with that. I think I really liked how... Because uh, even though it's been a while since I've seen this episode, the moment Mr. Turner picked up the comic book and he was like, oh, X-Men. And he was like, you know, just kind of immediately was able to relate the material to the Odyssey um, and kind of get them, kind of, again, trick them into this homework assignment in a very Feeney-esque way, but not, but not how Feeney would have done, or not with the way that Feeney would have kind of blew off Corey's interest just basically what you're saying um and yeah I just really enjoyed that um and I have to say in this episode when we see Mr. Turner with Feeney it does kind of show as much as we all love Feeney and we admire him it does show how Feeney is old school and a little bit stuck in his ways
1: but I also think that we'll see how Mr. Turner's approach isn't always great either. Like, there's a balance that they kind of represent of old school techniques with new school approaches.
0: No, I um, I, I agree with that. But I'm just saying in this particular episode, yeah, Feeny is. I didn't. Feeny's not the enemy, but it's definitely a thing where I feel that Feeny comes a little too hard on. Uh, He's
1: skeptical. He's yeah. very skeptical of Jonathan's techniques.
0: Well well he says, which I really do like, he says that it'll be an interesting school year. You know what I mean? Like that the way that Feeney responds to it. Let's let's also go back. Feeney
1: is now the principal of this high school. Can we talk about this for yeah. a second? I, that was going to okay.
0: be my next point. Uh, I absolutely love that you brought it up. So what do you think about that? It's been, what do you think about the reveal, which is not really a reveal, but what do you think about the reveal that Feeney... So in the opening sequence... Um, yep, I'm Feene glad is, you brought it up.
1: <laughs> is brought in, and he's like complaining that Eric's car is like parked on his lawn or whatever. And I, I would think that if I were watching the show for the first time... That this is, oh, this is how they're bringing Feeny into the show now that he's no longer the teacher. They're bringing him in more as a neighbor character. Okay, I'm on board with this. But then midway through the show, they flip the script and they're like, oh, no, he's also the principal and he also teaches a class. Bruh, I I mean, I buy it, <laughs> but this is the last time I'm going to buy a Boy Meets World.
0: <laughs> well, for me, the problem is... Is that whole thing where it's like, uh, if this is real life and Mr. Feeney got the job and he is on his way to the high school, as you said, he was in their kitchen earlier this morning. Would you not mention it at all? What were you waiting on? This grand moment to like spring it on the kids?
1: The biggest plot hole in that whole thing is Corey saying that he's been doing nothing but studying high school, and yet he had a schedule in front of him the entire day that had Mr. Feeney's name next to the history class, and he never saw that?
0: That's not a plot hole because of the fact they do mention when Amy says, you've been doing homework, he goes, it's a metaphor. (laughs) Well, no, but he's like, he's like, he knew who all the teachers were because he even said like when Mr. Turner came up he
1: was like uh, "He Eric never mentioned Mr. Turner so you would just think that it, like he would have done some research at his own schedule but it schedule. also
0: seems no it also seems that they didn't check their schedule there's one Corey did research on the school And this is Feeney's first Oh, yeah, because
1: they were surprised when they didn't have the same second class. They didn't really know what their period after Jonathan's class was. Exactly.
0: Um, That's what I'm saying. They didn't look at their schedule. They didn't know who Mr. Turner was. They didn't know that he had history with Mr. Feeney. He didn't know that they were separated. Topanga even kind of says, I looked... Topanga was Topanga. She looked it up, and she was like, we're all in the same English Lit class. But the rest of them didn't really... Like Corey and Sean, they did research for how high school will influence them. They didn't do research for high for attending sure, high school. Sure, <laughs> sure. And
1: the way Corey gets sent to see Fiendy in a principal's office is because he was caught trying to be Harley Kiner's bitch instead of being in <laughs> class. Um, and that's at the point where Frankie gives him the name, uh, Johnny Baboon, which he will be referred to as Baboon for the remainder of the season, if I'm correct.
0: Yes, yes, Baboon. I do like the way that Harley says Baboon. It, there's something well, about again. He comes poetic. off so
1: 1950s greaser, and he also again 29 years old, <laughs> minimum, minimum 29 years old.
0: I have to say, one of the things that I wanted to ask was like, who? Like where are all these accents coming from? Even Mr. Turner's accent. I'm like, "What? Is this a Philadelphia accent?" Did like am I missing
1: There is a Philadelphia accent. No one in the, no one is doing it well. No one is doing it consistently. But I feel like Joey's is the closest. It-
0: okay, okay. It's just it's hilarious to me cuz the way that Mr. Turner talks, it's it's just weird. You know, it's just kind of like this bro cha-cha. I can't even explain it, but you have to listen. Yeah. To because, like, when he gives that little speech in uh, after school or whatever. Three o'clock, guys. It's time to go home.
1: We got to hose the place down. Who the heck are you? Well, oh, I'm your worst nightmare. I'm a teacher. Oh, a teacher. No wonder I don't recognize you. What do you teach? Oh, English lit and kickboxing. What seems to be the problem? Nothing. We were working it out. Actually, it looks like you're about to
0: pound this kid into the ground. See? That's a problem for me. See, because if one of my students gets killed the first day, I look bad. Again, I can't take my eyes off of him. Adorable. But it's also like, I'm just laughing at the way that he talks, his cantor. It's almost like a um, Christopher Walken
1: type. <laughs> yeah, it's very just like, like um, he's doing an impression of someone. Exactly. <laughs> in almost like kind of poetic way. It's it's
0: it's like a like beatnik. Yeah, I guess yeah, would be the closest vibe saying. to yeah. it. All right, so do we want to talk about the like Corey's whole journey throughout the day?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it was really important and cool that they made the story that Jonathan teaches the Odyssey. Like I just thought that was such a cool um way to weave it into the whole structure of going into a new world for the first time, the, the boys going into high school, encountering new characters, some friends, some foe, getting into all these mishaps and adventures. Like, that's a perfect way to um, tie in a class- classic uh, literary tale. And I feel like we'll continually see Boy Me Twirl do more and more of this, um, way better than we did in the first season, where it seems like sometimes the lesson didn't always correlates to what was going on with the story.
0: Yeah, well, so I... I agree and disagree. I liked the choice of the Odyssey. I think it's a great... It's First of all, it's very stereotypical of first day of high school type book that you would get. Um, the story of the Odyssey does parallel this new journey that we're going on. I liked that. Um, I even liked the idea of Corey later on being able to talk to Mr. Turner and be like, hey, does that Odysseus guy ever make it home? You know what I mean? It's just like a... Yeah,
1: this is a- which I thought was a, a great way to end the episode like the the snow cap the episode was bringing it back to the odyssey that was the michael jacobs moment of the episode so odysseus looks like you make it home safely thanks mr turner i'll see you tomorrow
0: read the book
1: i lived it
0: (laughs) their comedy in this episode i just can't get enough of i love it can
1: i just say i'm sorry there was one joke at the beginning that made me uh I thought was really funny where uh, Alan's like, no one's going to high school with a plan. No one else has a plan. <laughs> Immediately, Sean opens the door and goes, "Corey, I lost my copy of the plan." <laughs> exactly. No, no.
0: Again, I I laughed the entire episode. There's so many
1: little small gags and like jokes throughout the thing that like, even though all of this like huge like story is going on because it really is kind of a long story.
0: There's not really like a B or C story, right? Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like the thing that I like about this episode, and what we just made the connection with the Odyssey, is that that does tie in. What I don't like about it is they don't really explain how that ties in. You know what I mean? It's just like you'd it's... have to watch the you'd have to know the Odyssey to know how it kind of correct. And that's my thing. That's it's that's like story. this. It kind of does that thing where we did complain before, where it's like you mentioned the book. And because you mentioned it, yes, we're seeing parallels, but you aren't really drawing those parallels. You're just kind of – Well, I will
1: say that they don't always do that because I feel like they just don't simply have the time to kind of, like, structure out a lot of these stories. So, like, when they bring up things like this or, um, like, uh, Christmas Carol or Elephant Man or some of these other books that they bring up, they kind of touch on it lightly just so we – like, it helps – paint the picture for those who understand it but yeah i don't think we're gonna see a lot of deep dives into that
0: yeah okay so I'll, I'll give you that it was just that was the complaint of mine that i had all right so you have anything else you want to say about the episode we talk girls that that the, the entrance of
1: girls and sean's relationship with girls because that becomes apparent like there's at the end of the episode Corey has this confrontation with harley and sean goes to hide in the locker Eric comes in. He helps Corey out. Jonathan Turner comes in, helps Corey out. They kind of have this moment. Everyone leaves. Corey goes to the back to the locker. Sean is penetrating a a girl in
0: this locker? Yes. He's not penetrating. They are making out, which they make it very clear that it's just making out. But nonetheless, yeah, first of all, we find out that there is room for two inside these lockers. Uh, And then also that, yeah, they kind of established, it's kind of weird to me, and we will definitely get into this in the next episode, but it's kind of weird to me that they kind of established that Sean the 7th grader is already a ladies' man. Yeah, because he goes up to talk to
1: Eric on Corey's behalf in the in the cafeteria, and Eric's friends are interested in Sean, which apparently there's a huge age gap there, but they are still trying to flirt with the seventh grader.
0: Yeah, I mean to be fair, I don't think that's that. Like, I don't think it's, I don't find it a problematic age gap. It's not like you know she's a college freshman and he's no, but
1: he's <laughs> he, is, he is he is seen as an equal amongst the older kids.
0: Exactly, because of his attractiveness. I mean, again, they they set up what we're going to have this journey of Corey and Sean throughout high school. So I I think it's perfect because before they even actually address it, they just kind of set it up. But it is weird that they are already saying Sean's hot you know what i mean yeah and that that was weird to me but also we with sean being hot we do acknowledge that these characters are getting older and sex is now on the table
1: sex is yeah the, we're, or in the locker
0: <laughs> we're talking about sex baby
1: we're talking about you and me we're talking about all the good things and the bad things that can be
0: i'm glad uh, I let you but... finished that <laughs>
1: So one other thing I wanted to mention uh, about this was that during the showdown that Corey has with Harley Keiner at the end, basically Eric's advice to Corey is, hey, go to the nurse's office and say you're sick. And Corey goes there. He sees those other nerds there. And he's like, yo, I'm not doing this. And so he goes to meet Harley. And Harley's basically like, hey, are you going to run? Or are you going to like scream? And Corey says, "Um, you know, I would rather be dead than be at the school coward for the next six years. Which I just thought was just a huge, like, growth period for him. Like, he was so fearful this entire time of, like, getting beat up up and then it finally came to that point where he was like you know what if you're going to do it just do it because I want to get this over with and enjoy high school um, so I just thought that was a really cool moment for him
0: it's a cool moment but it, to me it's a mixed signal moment because what they do is the only way the only reason why Corey comes to that conclusion is because he's hiding out with the other nerds that he's he's unknowingly been the bully of all day um, and you know we get that little bit but he, what he says is aren't you worried about what people are going to think about you? That's his motivation. His motivation You're right. isn't that yeah. he, you know, he understood his own value and that, you know. You're right. He just story. didn't want to be perceived as a coward. That's exactly. what it was. It was the perception
1: of, of him being a coward, not him being a coward.
0: Exactly. And that's what bothered me about this lesson. I think it's a good lesson to say, you know what? I am who I am. I will face uh, high school head on and, you know, come hell or high water. And I think him standing up to Harley is a great moment for Corey's character. But the motivation that they give for it is that you have these two kids, who, by the way, were just like Corey and Sean. The only difference is, to be fair, they've had a slightly rougher day. And they are literally in physical pain in ways that Corey and Sean are not. And even though they agree to sit it out, it is... Corey being like, "Oh, I don't want to be on the same level as you, nerds. I'm going to. That's my motivation."
1: Yeah, I, I I just thought that was really um. Yeah, I guess when you paint it like that, it does kind of
0: cheapen it a bit. Yeah that that was that was my biggest problem with it. <laughs> All right, so um, uh, anything else? But yeah, add,
1: I think that's pretty much it. The only thing I have to say is that um, the closing segment is basically the kids coming home. And then just watching TV with Morgan and Alan and Amy. And that was really the moment where I was like, I didn't miss these characters at all, especially Morgan. I felt like she was extra useless now that we're outside of the home dynamic completely. (laughs) Um, Because I feel like the reason we saw the home dynamic so much was because that's where Corey and eric had interactions now that eric's brought into the school dynamic there's almost zero reason to go home
0: unless it's to involve the parents why is morgan even there now <laughs> well first of all we will handle that in a few but also one of the issue not issues i think the difference is season one we talked about this especially when you watch the first episode of season one it's a different show with a different goal. Season one is a dad and a boy son story. It is about Corey and his relationship with Alan and his relationship with Mr. Feeney. Those are the two most important relationships for Corey in season one. In season two is when we start to really pivot towards him being a teenager and his priorities are just different. So the family really is secondary. And we use them when we need them, but they are just no longer, they won't get as many storylines as they used to. Yeah. And I
1: mean, don't get me wrong. There's some, I really kind of wish that Morgan got Judy Winslow,
0: but. (laughs) um, You didn't like Morgan in this episode? I was going to ask you. I like the little scene that she got, like right here. I think it's perfect. I think it's the perfect amount of using Morgan, and we don't need a second more. But to me, when.
1: they just use her for that one like closing bit that's when i'm just like gosh like she's basically a parrot like <laughs> she she is just just some a character to say something cute and funny and that's it like uh, she's cool. I, I mean like, like maybe maybe it'll
0: improve but yeah all right all right so um let's bring up two things one uh do you have a bra moment for this episode like, the, again, the brum moment for those who are new to this are, yeah, the, the that moment that do, didn't sit well, are do not stand up just compared to 2018.
1: Yeah, something that does is like it was cool but isn't cool. Then I'm gonna say just like the approach to bullying in general, the fact that, like, even at the end, Jonathan is seeing Harley Kiner, uh basically threatened to kill both the matthew matthews boys and he basically is just like oh just go home and even when harley's like dude could i take could i fight you (laughs) just like no you couldn't just go home it's like this kid clearly needs to not be in this environment he needs some counseling he needs something way too chillax about the whole thing this guy is 29 years old he (laughs) has been in high school long enough he has clearly has some built up emotions especially about chicken i just don't think he belongs
0: <laughs> in this environment
1: so that's to me was the bro moment all
0: right so we kind of hit on it earlier and i already i again i laughed and i really enjoyed it but my bra moment this week is with uh frankie because that yeah. whole, that that moment was it really did take me out and be like, uh, that was the moment where I was like, oh, 2018 would explore this completely different. And as you mentioned, was this used just for laughs or is this, are they making a commentary or whatever? You would have to explain that joke a little bit nowadays. But at the exact same time, I do think that it was done well enough and it's it's also vague enough to where you can't really tell if it was supposed to be demeaning or not they don't make a commentary on being gay it's really more just like frankie as frankie says i just need a moment and he goes i just need a moment yeah oh yeah because that's another thing when he goes oh it's that boy from when you were gay (laughs) yeah (laughs) if he goes in the bathroom i just need to think guys (laughs) again i I think that as funny as it is, it is definitely something that would have to be handled differently uh nowadays,
1: well, I feel like that was just a time period in which like you could use gays just to be a joke of a show, and it'd be people are like oh yeah yeah, yeah we're we're on board with that, like, oh yeah, they're... let's have the boys press and drag, let's have like all these like other like hints towards femininity being and, and a man being less than you know all these all these other concepts of the 90s that just
0: i don't feel like age well at all oh we are going this season if you are prepared for it, or not pre- prepared for it to get prepared because this season we will be exploring toxic masculinity. Because there toxic are, masculinity
1: is throughout the entire season.
0: Yeah, there is a lot of we we kind of dealt with it a little bit with Alan last season, but this season we get a lot of training for Corey of what it means to be a man. Uh, yes, and yes, the good thing is I will say they do kind of balance expectations or tropes with a more positive way, um you know, a more modern technique of like thought about sexuality and uh masculinity. They do that, but they still present the quote unquote norm. Yes.
1: And I think that's, what's going to happen is that Corey on his approach to become a man is going to encounter all of these other ideas that people have about what it means to be a man. Ultimately he forms his own opinion, which I I'm hoping I remember to be, you know, the best approach. Yeah. However, he definitely encounters a bunch of like misinformation and a lot of just machismo that he tries to bring on himself. That just doesn't feel genuine to himself. Um,
0: And that's one thing I like. They do point out that it's, it may not be for Corey, but they, the thing that I'm saying is they definitely position it as the norm or the proper way and then Corey kind of discovers that if it's not for him, that's okay as well. Yeah. Um, which is mixed messages. All right. So Feeney taught me, what is the lesson of this episode? You know what? Okay. So I thought about this. I think it's
1: very similar to the Odyssey itself, where there isn't like a less one lesson as much as just like, sometimes you just have to like, like an adventure is going to approach itself and you just need to go through it with your head up. Like he was, timid about high school he was worried about the entire thing and that he ended up getting through it with his head held high even though it was a crazy adventure and that he now knows that he can tackle high school and i think that's ultimately the lesson that corey's supposed to be walking away from in this episode
0: i agree i was gonna say the exact same thing uh if you look at my notes my feeny taught me it's blank because i was gonna say the feeny taught me isn't there's no one lesson here it's that hey we're starting a journey and um yeah this is Step one. Yeah, and
1: I'm super excited to uh, see where the show's going to go, especially with the next few episodes.
0: Oh, it gets so good. I'm really happy that we're here. I'm happy that we're doing this again. Um, let's get into grades. Do you? Uh, what grade are you giving this? I'm giving this episode...
1: b plus
0: oh shut up that's so crazy i have b plus on my notes B
1: plus. Oh, okay okay yeah, yeah because it's a good episode but it's like if this was an episode in season one it would have been an a plus for sure but i gotta i gotta say you know me I'm, I'm hesitant to give out good grades right off the bat yeah so you it's gotta funny. have some room
0: to grow it's funny to me because you always you grade on the scale of I'm thinking ahead of all the episodes that we have, and I'm saving my A's for, like, the really A-worthy episodes in my mind. Whereas I always grade for, like, what we got today and then compared uh, to what we've seen previously. So, to me, this is a B-plus episode because it's great story and great comedy, but it also kind of half-asses the connection to The Odyssey. So, you know what well, I think? Well, I
1: also... Th- think it lacks in the fact that it's an origin story where we're constantly being introduced to new characters and just like with any origin story like yeah like batman begins is good but dark knight is where it's at so i just feel like (laughs) once we get through all these character introductions we can really get into some some good meat to chew on that was
0: kind of a stretch but i'll allow it (laughs) please yeah (laughs) okay and the final bit so we are doing something new this season where we are going to have homework where we kind of give you our recommendations and references and just things that overall we think you should check out um so i got this idea from a podcast that I guest starred on called Tim talk, which is the Batman, the animated series, um, which is podcast. such an
1: amazing idea for a
0: podcast. Oh, it's like, really, I had a really great time. So basically that is my homework assignment for you guys. Uh, check out Tim talk. It's really good. I really think you'll enjoy it. And uh, TC, what do you got? Um, well, I, I, I
1: just saw that pool too. I really, really enjoyed it. I think people should go see it if they enjoyed the first one. Um, what I would recommend is not listening to the Kanye West album. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's if I should say that, but like I'm a huge Kanye West fan. Me and CJ both are. Like we talk about him all the time, but so disappointed in this Yay album. And yeah. I just, guys, I don't know. Don't waste
0: your time with it. Very, very. Yeah, honestly, I was going to say. Uh, I was going to mention the Kanye album, but like I didn't know how to preface it without promoting it. But, like your way was fine, too. It's just like, do yourself a favor, pick any other Kanye album. and yeah, just just like
1: I, I don't know. I, I mean, you guys can comment and let me know what you think, but I just i was I was very disappointed by just just Kanye. <laughs> in general uh, this last like six months or so so uh i was really hoping the album would be a payoff and it just wasn't
0: nope nope it was not all right so that is our episode thank you for listening to bra meets world remember you can find us on spotify itunes or stitcher uh make sure to leave us a rating we love that you guys have given us ratings before uh you can also follow us on twitter and facebook at bra meets world or email us at Email us at bruhmeetsworld at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J. And uh, TC.
1: You can uh, find me at my Instagram, me. I'm also getting back into MySpace, guys. Um, I had some information stolen from me through Facebook, so I decided to go backwards. Um, <laughs> so if you guys would like to join me on the train to return to MySpace, uh, please find me at return to MySpace backslash Facebook.com. And um, yeah, let's get on that together, guys. Is
0: that even a thing? Tell me your lying.
1: <laughs> Yo, look. Let- We'll figure it out together, guys.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, remember to dream, try, and do what, TC?
1: Uh, Dream, try, and do good, guys. All right. Later, bros. Later, bruh.